lights, camera, by the back, I stall. I have the power? Ugh, roll the intro. He-Man and He-Man. And Cinemagic Podcast. Man. Which that was literally how that intro went for the original one. But that's not what we're talking about because welcome everyone to another great week of Cinemagic Podcast, where we get to talk about He-Man Revelations. Well, actually, wait a second. Let's be clear. It's Masters of the Universe because apparently people thought this was a straight-up He-Man situation, and it clearly isn't. It is called Masters of the Universe Revelation. So for those of you that think this is an all-He-Man thing, please read the title card. That is actually very much true. That's my co-host with the most host. I don't know. I got, I, got, I got freaking Cyclone, all right? He's a master <laughs> of the universe. Clearly an underappreciated master of the universe because when I got the Cyclone figure, it only cost me $7. Shout out to the amazing people at Blast from the Past Bourbon, California, but that's neither here nor there. Yes, that is Rick Acevedo. Woo. And as always, the master of the universe himself, Jonathan Gondua, is here pumping it up. And you can see me in all my uh, glory if you're watching visually. Uh, as always, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pumping it up. I got the guns, got the muscles up, uh, looking very master of the university. But Rick, that is a great point that you brought up that I love to start this podcast with. So this week, yes. just in case anybody doesn't know, we are going to talk about the new uh, Masters of uh, the Universe Revelation series that came out on Netflix a couple of weeks back. <clears throat> Uh, we've talked about He-Man in the past on this podcast, I want to say several times. Uh, several times, <laughs> yeah. indeed, yeah. yeah. So, you know, as you can tell, it's a love between Rick and myself, so we definitely wanted to touch on it. And uh, so by this point, I think most people have seen this, so this yeah. shouldn't be new. So yeah. it's going to be spoiler-filled and all that good stuff. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. Maybe we'll give some impressions before. We'll give some impressions before. But as Rick said, uh, I think it is very good. If you're going into the series, do realize it is not He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. The series is Masters of the Universe Revelations. Right. So with all that does entail. Um, and, I, and I think that's a good point when you say reading the title card. Most people don't remember that He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, that the Masters of the Universe were just as important as He-Man was, even in the original series. Yeah, I think that um, you know part of the part of the biggest problem that you have now is that people will you know people go into things, especially if you if it's something that's rebooting something from your past, you know where where you grew up with it. People go in assuming that it's going to be the same story told with better graphics, and I think that the biggest issue right now is that that's not that. And it doesn't matter how Kevin Smith tries to explain anything. People just don't have any flexibility whatsoever. And I'm, and I'm being honest. And I'm, it's not... <clears throat> I, I watched He-Man and the Masters of the Universe as a kid. 83 mm-hmm. through 85. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm 42 years old. I was like five when that came out. It was on syndication and everything like that. And like any other cartoon series... Um, it, you know, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe was created for, you know, really one specific reason, and it was to sell toys. Yeah. Now, you're talking about 130 episodes that were completely self-sustained, geared at children, geared at selling toys that were primarily in syndication. So, you know, having a two-part episode in syndication is not really a good idea, especially in those days, because you, you didn't know if you were going to be, you know... Like mm-hmm. what person, what what partner, what syndication partner was going to be dropping that specific show for whatever reason, and it happens. Um, but that's the original He-Man. What we're seeing now is the growth of characters, and when Kevin Smith, I believe, said these are some arcs that are progressing further, people mm-hmm. assumed that a there was like these really 
deep stories in the first one, which I'm sorry, I loved it, but no, it was a kid's show. It was not, they didn't have thinker stories. If you have Orko or Men at Arms or, or Tila or He-Man explaining the moral of the story at the end of every episode, I'm sorry, it wasn't a thinker episode. I'm, At all. I'm, I'm gonna have to disagree with you here on one thing. Uh, being a kid show is not why they didn't have storylines. They didn't have storylines because they didn't care about them because they just wanted to sell toys. No, no, no. That, that show no, primarily. No, no, I'm not saying was it was. It was to about sell selling toys, toys but I'm story. just saying it's not a thinker show. No, no. It was never supposed to be a thinker show. No. If you look at toys that made us. If you look at even Masters of the Universe, like the um, the documentary that was on Netflix about that. It was never about that. It's something that got, you know, it really got people to, you know, become fans because what were you doing when you were buying the toys? Simple. You were creating your own storylines. Yep. So that's why it's something that we remember so fondly. But this is something that actually has some thought put into it as far as storylines were concerned. Concerned, The toys aren't really a big thing now because now if you want to buy a Masters of the Universe toy, you know, an original box toy, whatever, might cost you thousands of dollars. Or the, um, the, the lines that were released recently... Mm. Um, you know, it depends. It might cost you, you know, $80 for a collector toy that's deemed a collector toy. So it's not about the toys. This was legitimately about taking this and taking these characters and saying, okay, what storylines would you say they had? Like Skeletor was always trying to take over the power. Okay, so how can we expand on that? How can mm -hmm. we expand on Tila becoming... A stronger female character because yes, she was a strong female for that time, but she was always behind He-Man in the in the cute little outfit. Like, oh He-Man, what are we gonna do? The swap monsters are taking over the tracker. Like that really kind of it was like, okay, how can she grow? How can other characters grow and how can this be more about your characters, you know, your quote unquote masters of the universe? And why are they called that as opposed to, you know, just He-Man, who, if you remember correctly, in, in the 1980s was basically no different than Prince Adam. I mean, Prince Adam looks like he would do squats for 20 hours, take a one-hour yep. break, drink some water, lift, lift for like three hours, and then switch around, eat himself some salad. And the only thing really that was different between Prince Adam and He-Man was the outfit and... <laughs> Yep. In the tan, and that was it. That was it. Yep. Yep. He looked like he just he was instead of Prince Adam who works out in his castle, He Man worked out on the beach. That was really that was difference. pretty much it. Like He Man was the Venice, <laughs> you know, he was the Venice version of Prince Adam. That was it. <laughs> that, was, that was it. <laughs> like I'm just working out on the beach, man. And I think here they do like so much of an of a better job, really showing the differences between these characters especially he-man and, and adam like adam really does seem like kind of a hapless half-wit in mm. comparatively speaking i mean oh yeah um mm -hmm. and i think and, and, go ahead and, and one thing i want to say about this series really uh this revelation series it's actually continuing on uh storylines that existed and i'm gonna hear you guys I, i'm gonna tell everybody out there is like oh the original he-man not for the original mm -hmm. He-Man, from the He-Man toys themselves, and then the comics that actually followed. See, a lot and, of and the Super Bowl toys, they had... too. No, 2004. they kind of... The 2000s a little different, but I'll come back to that 2000 show. But the 80s show, primarily to sell toys, and then the toys would actually have stories on them. And so mm -hmm. a lot of stuff, even that the quote-unquote show would take, they would just take from the toy storyline and stuff that yeah. was going on. So if you actually wanted He-Man's story... You technically got He-Man's story more from toys and comic books than you did from the actual He-Man show, which was only there to make you buy the toy to get the actual story, but, right? So Kevin Smith, when making this, takes in a lot of that, like, yes, he's continuing on from those, source quote, material. stories. Kind of stories are real, but he yeah. takes it more from the comics and the toys themselves um, than really from the 80s series, which is based on the toys. 
I know. It's all secular, right? It sounds like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, the show would take some storylines, drop it, not really expand upon it. Because again, that 80s show didn't really care about flushing out story. It only really cared about selling toys. Oh. So they would put a little bit of the story, and then you have to buy the toys, and then the toy would tell the rest of are that you story. Saying, are you saying that there's no basis? There, They did nothing? You know where <laughs> I'm headed with this, but I'm going to take it there anyway. Somebody <laughs> has to freaking say it. Are you saying that He-Man 90, where he goes into outer space, had zero any? Anything? We don't want to talk about that. You don't want to talk about that? <laughs> so, to give our recommendations, because we're in, before we get into too many spoilers, I think that a recommendation is watch it. Rick yeah. and I are just trying to temper your expectations if you're thinking of, like, mm -hmm. this, uh, this crazy exact storyline. It does completely close out the 80s characters and their stories but it's really flushing them out in a way that was always meant to that technically was always there that the show was always hinting at but never actually mm -hmm. went because the show itself never mm -hmm. cared about it uh and i think it takes those and does a really good job of it and only if this is part one i can't wait to see part two and Same i really here. think that you should watch it but if you're looking for a story that you're like, no, I want like He-Man story, a good storyline from the beginning with He-Man, watch the 2000s version of He-Man, uh, mm -hmm. where they made on Cartoon Network. It is an exceptional version of He-Man. 26 he -Man. great it episodes. Two, yeah, it ran for two seasons, and it was great. It was honestly great. It had great storylines. It has everything that you want. Unfortunately, people didn't watch it enough, so they did cancel it after two seasons, uh, which is why I get so weird about the backlash about this show now. Because I'm like, uh, you didn't even watch the other good He-Man show. Why are you backlashing this? I, um, yeah, I think part of the back backlash comes as a result of just an unrealistic expectation of, man, we're going to go back to the 80s. Let's be realistic about one thing. If any, if any and every 80s show that we ever watched as kids got rebooted, okay, and the story... Story, quote-unquote. I'm using some big-ass quotes here. And the story was the same as it was, and it was self-sustained singular episodes. I'm guaranteeing you right now that you would stop watching after day one. Okay? It oh. was different back then. Yeah. Because you were, it was all about the toys. We've, we've talked about this. Yeah. Super Friends was on the air for like, I think, 15, 16 years in some incarnation or another. And every episode was absolute garbage. What was mm -hmm. not garbage were the toys because you wanted to create your own, oh, you know, Green Lantern versus Superman versus, versus whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it was still something that was not well written because it, it wasn't supposed to be, to be quite honest. It wasn't supposed to be. No. Um, the progression into the 1990s when you then had shows that had arcs that would expand an entire season, like your Spider-Mans, like your um, X-Men and Batman and all these other shows... That's a different story altogether because that, that proved that this wasn't a weak medium. But at the same at the same time, like, don't tell me that you're gonna sit here, and and think, oh golly, man, this is gonna be He Man 1983 all over again, and somehow think that you're gonna like that because you're not. No, no, and I told people that too. I was like, listen, I, as a big lover of He Man, I had all the toys, Cassie Grace Cole. Oh, I yeah. watched He Man. And I was born in 84, so he meant went off the air after was born, but I watched it on USA Cartoon Express every rerun, still bought the toys, watched the crap out of She-Ra. And He-Man he toys were being sold up through, I think, 87 or 88. It wasn't until after the uh, Masters of the Universe film with Dolph Lundgren came out that the He-Man toys really stopped uh, selling to the level that they were selling, and then they did He-Man 90, which was... Well, let's just uh, not talk trap. about it. Yeah. I, I saw the He-Man movie in theaters. I literally, as a kid, I was in love with He-Man. So I'm a He-Man. Oh, yeah. I'm a, a He-Man fan. The oh. 80s He-Man is garbage and trash, and I can't watch it now. It's so bad. I literally cannot watch it now. It is trash. I'm sorry, everyone out there. It's not a good show. It's not. Is, is, it, the fact, is it the fact that he always does the same move with the sword? And that well, the animation, yes. He comes and the right animation... At <laughs> the repeating animation is so bad 
It's so boring. It's so bad. Like as an adult, I get it why I loved it as a kid, but as an adult, no. Like I don't, I just don't need 83 He-Man. It's not good. Again, the 2000 He-Man did He-Man, but better. I think for kids and adults. Uh, the one that they did on Cartoon Network, like mm -hmm. in the 210s or whatever they did. That one was so much mm -hmm. better than the 80s. Yeah. And so uh, if you're thinking they're like, the 80s one is good, the 80s one's not good. This is much better, Mass. It's, <laughs> it's a memory. It's a memory. Here's the thing about the 80s He-Man. Realistically speaking, it is just a fun childhood memory where you would come home, you would watch it, you would see what cart, what um, not what cartoons, but what um, what toys were out there, and you would um, you know, tell your parents to please buy you the the, the toys, and that was yep. really it. And you would share the toys with your friends, and you mm -hmm. would have sleepovers and. These are the things that I remember about He-Man. Now, can I tell you about a single He-Man episode that really stood out to me back in those days? No, I can't. And I can. It's a crossover with She-Ra, and that's it. Oh, you mean the movie? <laughs> it, that, it was like a, basically like a one-hour, hour-and-a-half or whatever movie that was yep. a huge seller in VHS. It was basically the way to create Shira and um not create Shira but really give Shira its own its own like mm -hmm. platform like okay you got the blessing of He-Man to go on really that's the one thing but I mean episodically speaking no there isn't no. anything you can remember about uh about He-Man and and so I think that you got all these fan fanboys and girls that want to look at this the same way and i'm thinking okay you're wrong to look at it not even give it a chance and also you're wrong and basically the assumptions that you're making about this particular series in every way shape or form you know i'm sorry i thought it was a great uh show and i'll say i'll i i hadn't i wasn't keenly aware of when when it was going to be released to be quite honest i you know i follow mark hamill on instagram and I know that he was going to do Skeletor, and I was excited about that. But, Jonathan, you I remember you're the one that told me. Um, mm -hmm. We were actually filming. You said, have you seen He-Man? I said, no, I haven't. Is it even out yet? And you said, yeah, it's out. Check it out. And it took me one, two, it took me two and a half hours nonstop to just watch the whole thing. That's how mm -hmm. good it was in terms of story. Because it really does... I never understood the whole Masters of the Universe thing as a kid. I'm like, why? Who are the Masters of the Universe? Because it seems like He-Man's the only one with any real powers, along with, with the Sorceress. That's really kind of it. So, I remember, if you move forward, there was one episode, and I forget what it was, where like all the Masters of the Universe are identified, and they're also trapped. And, an and this is like in 2004, I believe. 2003, 2004, whenever the other He-Man was released. Um, and this was actually, I think, one of the last episodes of that show. Um, so now I know that the, the, the Masters of the Universe are characters that are backing He-Man, but here it's not about He-Man. It's about the Masters of the Universe. If you, and if you really want to look at it, the whole word revelation is... A revelation to them of how they can become more, you know, stronger individuals outside of just being He-Man's, for lack of a better word, lackeys. Yep. And to me, that's really what this show is about. And I think we should probably start diving into some spoilers here because, you know, yep. if, if they haven't seen it, what was Skeletor's underlying major goal in every He-Man, pretty much? It was to do what? Get the power, go to Castle Grayskull. Vague, vague. I, I get Castle Grayskull but, out of the world. But it was enough, but it was enough to let you know that he had at least a specific goal. Vague, absolutely, but he had a specific goal. So we know what that goal is. All right, so everything that Skeletor did would end up in just an indescribable ass-whooping. Yes. That's it. Like, it would yeah. work for a little while, but it would end up in an indescribable ass-whooping. Like, his ambition yeah. for that power was always his undoing. Yep. Um, now, here, Skeletor has much more depth, and 
when you realize when when <laughs> Skeletor in the first episode from the first episode you're like man Skeletor seems like a lot scarier character now because he's exactly that way yeah and I was actually gonna say that because Skeletor is a joke in the 80s cartoon he's literally a joke everybody whoops his ass dunks on him and then proceeds to make fun of him like, people constantly make fun of Skeletor yeah. in the 80s version. Yeah. He's not a scary villain. He's just, no. he's a doofus. Really? Like, that's yeah. how you feel about him. He-Man yeah. absolutely beat me today, but it's okay. Let's go back to Snake Mountain and regroup. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and that's the way I feel. And I like that this series, and we're in spoilers now, I like that this series kind of commented on that, too. At the same time, it was like, well, Skeletor's always kind of been a joke. He's jokey. He was a doofus. And Skeletor at the same time in this end comes more serious and sinister to see like, oh, this is why people would have been scared of Skeletor versus the 80s show where you're like, dude, just throw that dude in a lake and punch him in the face. Like, he's such a doofus. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, like, no, he never seemed scary. He never seemed, you know, anything but a nuisance. He was more of a nuisance, not like, oh, you're actually worried he's going to destroy the world. It's fine. It's just, it's Skeletor. He says it, you punch him in his face, and he snakes off. That's it. That's Skeletor. And, but uh, to me, it's even this, like, there's a serious undertone for every character. Like, you, all, right away, I could tell Skeletor had some, some shit plan that, that was going to pay out somehow. Then... He, you have um, Evelyn, who clearly is kind of like in love, but also suffering from a serious case of um, what do you call it when when you've been um, captive too long? Man, I always forget this. Uh, uh, you're talking about uh, Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, she's got a serious case of Stockholm syndrome with with him. Like she debates between the torch she's carrying for him and the um the sort of hatred that she has for him not allowing her to basically i don't know be more i guess so mm -hmm. already you're seeing that and you're like i'm kind of interested in how this is going to play out then on the other end of that you have Adam, who I loved. Ex I, I love how they drew Adam in this one because he—that's exactly how he should have always been. He should have never been, uh, you know, a, a muscle dub dude. I, I mean, he's almost mm -hmm. Adam is almost a disappointment. And very early on, you're seeing that King Randor is incredibly disappointed in Adam, right? Mm -hmm. So he, he's no longer like, "Oh, Adam, I'm gonna laugh at all your stupid shit." <laughs> no, you're a fucking disappointment, man. Like. Seriously, like, Tila's going to be our man-at-arms, and her father is very proud, and he, what are you doing? All you do is just trip over your own feet and play with this stupid green cat. Yeah, um, he's a coward. Yeah, he's <laughs> a coward. Like, you guys are a bunch of, like, you're all shit, you know? Um, so, you know, you've got, you've got that interesting dynamic, and Adam's playing a role. Now... In, in this one, it is more clear that he's playing a role and he understands that he needs to play that role for the safety of everyone around them, which is kind of cool. Um, but at the same time, you're becoming more interested in Tila as a character, too, because where Tila was, you know, like, you know, a powerful type female character, here she's not just powerful. She's like the person that they're going to go to to protect the castle and everything else she's taking over for man at arms and that much is made very clear and i love that like establishing that early on like right away that got me interested in tila and more so because it's like they wouldn't have in the 80s hell they wouldn't have even in the 90s or early 2000s taken a female character and made her so such a strong early focus and and mm -hmm. in, in such a in, in such a in such a very kind of it wasn't like really you know it was very subtle it was like no pay attention because some interesting shit's gonna happen with tila mm -hmm. so right away mm -hmm. you're getting all these things given to you and 
automatically you're like, holy shit, I wonder what's going to happen. Like, and then the, right away they start with the action. Like mm-hmm. something, you know, Skeletor is going to try to take over and, and, and Sorceress is in Grayskull and they're doing this and they're doing that. And all of a sudden, you're like, holy shit, they're, they got right into it. This wasn't about having a 15-minute conversation about the... No, they, like, you know, it, it is very much about, you know the origins, you know the story, let's get to it. And I love that setup, actually, of that first episode, because it did feel like a He-Man ep- like the 80s He-Man episode, and the sort sense of, yeah. Skeletor has a scheme... Whatever. Like I said, Skeletor's a doofus. We're just going to roll up, beat his ass, call it a day, right? Mm. That's what they were expecting going in. And I loved it that they made Skeletor and his thing like sinister, like, ha, you thought there was this, but I actually tricked you. And then I double tricked you. And then I tricked you again. Like, I'm actually devious. My plans can actually succeed. Like, you know, I'm actually sinister rather than this doofus that is going to show up and punch you in the face and run away. So I love that they put that on their head to make sure you know this is not your daddy's He-Man anymore, right? Like, you know, no, we're ratcheting no. it up. And it, and it isn't really about He-Man, and that's the part that I really enjoyed because it's like, okay, you, it, you come in and you see He-Man doing what he's got to do. Mm. Got it. Um, you know, I got the power, I'm big, I'm bad, but that's not what you're paying attention to because right away you know for a fact that this isn't going to turn out that way at all. Mm-hmm. And, so, and let me say this about the 80s show as well, I should have talked earlier. The 80s show also focused on a lot of the masters of the universe. Again, this was about selling toys. And He-Man and Skeletor were not the only toys they sold. Uh, so it was very common for them just to give someone else an episode in order to sell more toys of those characters. So the Masters of the Universe were always a focus in the 80s show in the I, sense I've that you always, you always put them on. But how many episodes comparatively did you see like... You know, yeah, they would give them the episode to say, oh, well, now check out Stratos. Isn't he awesome? But yeah. it wasn't something that, it was not the kind of focus that was given to the story the way that it is now. Because it was oh, never no, about no. that. Like uh, you said, it was all about 100%. the toys. It was 100% all about the toys. So it's like, you know, it, to me, right away, just seeing the title card, I'm like, it doesn't say He-Man. Wow, now I want to watch because why does it not, that's the first freaking thing I know. It's like, why doesn't it say He-Man? It's Masters of the Universe. And to see the situation where, like, Skeletor basically, you know, goes into this epic battle with He-Man, right? Yeah. And is basically stabbed. And then, through the chest. And then right through the chest. You know, and if anybody that watched He-Man 83 actually assumed, like, Jesus, if you didn't understand the difference... On the first few minutes, because maybe... So, and some people don't pay attention to story. They pay attention to what entertains them, and that's fine. But if you didn't pay... Like, if you weren't paying attention to the story, I mean, my God, the level of violence in this show is mm. 10,000 times. And it's not that it's that violent. It's just that it's 10,000 times more violent comparatively yep. to, to 83. To He-Man 83. Like, big time. So, Skeletor makes this telling statement of... No, no, that's actually, no. He says that to Adam later. But anyway, like, the whole point is the universe is almost coming to an end. And that, you're thinking to yourself, okay, so you always wanted the power so you could end the universe? No, stay tuned. There's more. That's what I thought was awesome about that first, you you know. The first thing, when he stabs him and Skeletor's like, you finally use that sword the way it was attended to. Because it's a joke that He-Man never used the sword in the 84 version. No. He'd always put the sword away and punch people. Uh, so it's finally stabbing. And then when Evil Lynn even went to heal them, it was great. I didn't notice it, obviously, until after the series like was done. But she was like, let me heal you. She was going to heal him. He's like, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. Right? Now, at the moment, when you're watching the first episode, you don't think anything of that, right? You're thinking he's just chewing it off because he's like, I, you know, I want to pontificate or I know what I'm doing, whatever, right? 
But realizing that's all part of his master plan <laughs> to quote unquote die there on the floor, I thought that was genius. I thought the little things that they're sprinkling there were freaking genius. Kellator seemed like a genius. It, no, he's a hundred percent a genius, and and now I have to jump around a little bit, and I'm I'm not gonna give away the whole thing for for episode five or anything, but I will say this. When he breaks down his plan, it's almost like an evil... Hey, you remember in the 80s when they would give you the like, the moral of the story? Well, I'm going to give you the moral of my story. It's just not going to be something that you want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. I like, like Skeletor, to me, automatically, like he became a favorite character because that I, I understood then... In in, in 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 the best of, of details, like what Kevin Smith meant by, okay, you're going to see the growth in some characters. You know, mm -hmm. like you're going to see the growth in how some characters have progressed from that, I don't want to say storyline, from that show. Yeah. And yeah. I love it. And I love the fact that he also experimented and ex like with Tila in ways that I felt were elegant, subtle, but very much current. And I absolutely love that because Tila was one of my favorite characters in this show. More so than He-Man. I got to be honest with you. I was like, I've seen He-Man, Bender, done that, whatever. To me, Tila is so much a better character in, in, you know, in really just the whole overall of the show um, and, and, than so many And others. I think you're talking about about some of the initial appeals of the 80s even he-man when i say this is because the masters of the universe right like you're talking about cyclone central men at arms i always loved he-man but I also had a soft spot for men at arms i always yeah. loved men at arms um and, and the dude who changed faces why well, i'm forgetting his name right now many faces yeah it is just many Wait, faces isn't it i think isn't it but the one who you know many when he rotates faces. and he has like a reptilian face and a robotic face yeah yeah, and, yeah. many faces yeah. uh uh i don't know why i forget his name but uh, I always love like the masters of the universe, these other characters that had these crazy designs and these crazy things going on that would also fight alongside and save He-Man at times and do everything else. So I really thought it was fun to give us a He-Man story that sidelines what everyone thinks a He-Man story is, He-Man and Skeletor, right? Because yeah. uh, they kind of sideline that. So they think, uh, even though the story at the end is still really all about them, it is really nice to sideline those two so we can get more of everyone else. My favorite character in this show was Evil Lynn. I loved oh, she was Evil awesome. Lynn. She was awesome. Yeah. I love to see what she went through, her character growth, her thinking of why she was with the villain and everything. I mean, Lena Hadley did an amazing job with the voice acting and making me care about Evil Lynn, but uh, I, I loved Evil Lynn. I, even I, Orko. I, Orko, I love, Orko, I love evil. I couldn't stand. No, the nobody could show. stand Orko. No, I hated Orko. No. I loved Orko in this one too, as well. I so I do Orko. love Kevin Smith taking that and making I them love, all better. I love. I mean, but to get back to to Tila, like when it is figured that Adam had been He Man this whole time mm -hmm. after that epic battle and everything like that. Um, you know, and then um, King Randor's going off on a tirade because essentially he's just been sort of ignorant to everything that's been going on. Um, he says to, to Tila, men at arms, you know, remove this man, you know, men at arms. And she's like, no, nah, you guys can forget everything. Like, you're a bunch of liars. You're all shit. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Have a good day. I'm leaving. And you know, then you see the year later progression, and you see that Tila has progressed. She physically looks differently. Um, she's also not interested in in just playing the the role of a of of, of almost like a political puppet, an attorney that just works for mm -hmm. the king. You know, and mm -hmm. the level of independence that she shows and that growth right there i was like oh mm -hmm. shit this is awesome and mm -hmm. it's awesome because she's not she's not gonna stand behind he-man anymore she's not gonna stand behind all no she's gotta do what she's gotta do 
And also, she's discovering who she is on a personal level, which I thought was absolutely freaking awesome. Like, mm-hmm. you cannot tell me that that was not a beautifully written progression, character progression. You know, especially yeah. if you remember, like, how much did you actually care about Tila back in the day? I mean, I did. I think it's cool because I, I, I'm also a Tila fan, so I think it's cool. But I agree with you. Look at Tila on the spotlight because it was always hinted at in the 80s show, again, a lot more in the toy line, that there was more to Tila, more to Tila, more to Tila. But, you know, they never really did anything with it in the original 80s, no. right? They always hinted at it, but they never did anything. Again, we like to harp back that they really didn't have thorough storylines in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> no, they, didn't. they would hint at stuff and they'd be like, cool, man. Move, you want to see more? Buy a toy, right? That's literally was their attitude. Like, you want to see more? Buy a toy, uh, and then you can read it on the toy. The toy literally had the storylines, so uh, it was hinting more about Tila. So I like this Tila and Men at Arms, two people who always fought side by side by He Man, went toe to toe with all the things that He Man went toe to toe with, without the power that He Man had, right? Because neither one of them had the power of Great Skull, oh. but they were always there, always there fighting, and so I'm really glad that they put more emphasis on those two and tila makes the most sense if you're sidelining he-man in this tila does make this on this the best friend of adam best friend of he-man has all the potential of both right because he's fighting on the front lines with them is mentored by men of arms who also mentors he-man and adam right so like tila is the obvious choice to see this character growth and this lens through like what happens when attorney is different and if you don't have Adam to see it, who do you have to see it? Well, Tila. Tila makes sense. Uh, so I really like the emphasis on Tila and everything that they did and seeing her grow. It made me care not only for Tila, but for every member of the Master of the Universe. I really think that's what they were the doing. Only, not every member. The members the only, that they were showing. The only thing that I liked, and I don't remember where they hinted at this, but they did mention it. Um, Sorceress is Tila's mother. Yes. They hinted so, at it in the 80s once. And the and 2000 they, show, they, they made it mentioned that, but they didn't actually have them come together. I don't I don't recall if they did, honestly, so I'm not going to put myself on a spot and say that they did. But here, it's like, okay, you also know this is a fact, so you know that there is something special about Tila. And we're, we're going to talk about that later. Like, we're going to touch on that later. You just have to wait, but you have to see how Tila basically evolves from being a person that works for the castle to her own person. You know? Yeah, in the 80s show, it was hinted at. This is a continuation of the 80s. That's why Tila doesn't know. They never told Tila. It's hinted at. It's also hinted that Man in Arms was her actual father in the 80s, but it's hinted it was never confirmed. And the 2000 reboot, they, they just flat out said it about both. But in the um, in the two thousand like reboot, that's what you're probably remembering because they were more outward. Yeah, they were more uh, outward rather about than it. in the in the eighties where they kind of hinted at all of it. Yeah, uh, in nineteen ninety they were in France, so it wasn't even like an, an actual thing. Yeah, but so, um... uh, and, and that's what I mean. I I, I really enjoy it because I like that running joke too. Because if you know, it's like a running joke. Like uh, we don't have time for this. We're doing. We don't have time. Story. We really the universe is about to end. Let's just do what we need to do. Again, coming from Evelyn, Evelyn, again, my favorite character. But I I do like the taking the interest of looking and growing these side characters who, even though they had episodes, didn't have enough story set about them to focus back on He-Man and Skeletor. So I really like the fact that they said, all right, we're actually going to focus on the Masters of the Universe, all the other people. Let's sideline them for a bit. Let's focus on everybody else, see their personalities. And then, because, you know, we're only on part one, in part two, then we'll get more to the He-Man Skeletor battle and all that good yeah. stuff that you know. But right now, let's grow the other characters. Let's look at them. Let's see how their lives have changed. What are they like? What I think, they I think do? one of the things that really kind of just pissed me off, um, I got to be honest with you. I mean, it didn't piss me off at a My Octopus Teacher level, so it's not going to get emotional or anything. But one of the things that really pissed me off the most um, was that people were saying... You know, a lot of the crap that that they were flinging Kevin Smith's way was, you know, you killed Prince Adam. Like, you killed him, um, sent him to the heavens, and then brought him back just so that you could kill him again. And I'm like, I it was plainly obvious that the character's still alive at the end. He's just hmm. wounded. It doesn't even really look like a serious wound. Um, 
clearly this show is about the Masters of the Universe, not He-Man. However, He-Man is a part of that team. Mm-hmm. Okay, so calm down, man. Take it easy. You don't need to get... Like, what is your problem that you're taking everything so personally? Oh, man, he killed Prince Adam, blah, blah, blah. No, it's he's wounded. Relax. To the point Even that... Even if he did... Cool. I think that's such a unique twist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he wouldn't have had the... Even he said, he was like, you think Mattel, who's paying me money, this is actually Kevin Smith's words, do you think that Mattel, who's paying me money to do this, would allow me to kill their main character in a toy line? Right. And it's like, yeah. it doesn't, like... Instead of just going along for the ride, you're focusing on stuff that you don't need to focus on. Like, who gives, like, focus on this? Like, I love the fact that Skeletor is basically Skelegod with the power, and it's just like, oh my god! From the toy lines, Skelegod is from the toy lines. For exactly. all the haters out there, that is a literal storyline for the toy line. When Skeletor gets the power, it becomes Skelegod. Well, so... no, Jonathan, it is not from the 1983 through 85 <laughs> series, therefore it is not canon. Canon must be taken care of, and canon is not being taken care of, and shame on you, Kevin Smith, for not taking canon, you know, oh my god, for fuck's Which sake, is, man. You, I you, just think it's relax. hilarious, because Kevin Smith is taking so much canon that a lot of these 80s fans who are hating don't even know the canon that Kevin Smith is actually uh, taking. Yeah, he's like... He's like, I'm following it. You know? What are you you going to say about that, Cyclone? Ah. (laughs) For those who can't see, Rick has a Cyclone that he is actually spinning right now. The actual Cyclone toy. That's right. Uh. You know why? Because all these people need to calm the fuck down. (laughs) Yeah. No, I agree with you. I loved actually seeing Skeletor win because... Honestly, and maybe because we know story and we know where story goes, your villains have to be at their worst in order to have a cathartic payoff to win. So we need, at some point in the story, a villain to win or to pursue something or to get ahead, to get the advantage, right? Because because if Skeletor, if it's already been established, and this is where it worked brilliantly, Mm. if it's already been established that... Skeletor's a bumbling idiot whose plans never work from the beginning, then he's not going to be credible in episode 1 through 5, let alone 10. And it's a 10-episode series. So what do you do? You make it so that everyone thinks he's a complete ass clown, and then you wait and wait and wait, and then he explains the entire plan to you, which is like, Oh, no, I wasn't going to destroy the universe. No, I saved my essence in your little ball, dear. Because I needed for all of this to unfold so I could do what I wanted. (laughs) It's like, that's fucking awesome. You're telling me basically for five episodes while everybody's saying this guy's a clown. Look at what he did. These guys are all about computers and everything. No, Skeletor pretty much knew that that entire thing would happen. He knew that everything would happen exactly as the way it needed it. He never and wanted he, to destroy the universe. He wanted the power, period, and the story. And he played his most trusted advisor, who literally loved him to his core. He didn't tell her. He portrayed Eva Lynn, even of herself, and played her like a fiddle for his own like game. And it's like, damn. That's an evil, cold-hearted bastard. You know what I mean? And it's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Evil Lynn and all her growth and everything else had to go right back to where she was. You know, through all the character growth, she's like, oh, shit. Skeletor just, like, won. She's like, damn, I guess I gotta go back. And that really elevated Skeletor for me. And like you said, uh, and like I was saying about story, it made him a badass. Someone that, going into the second part of this series that they're going to have to take all their wits and all their bronze in order to defeat, rather than a fucking, oh, sorry to curse, but rather than a dud, a clown, who you just punch in the face and he scurries off to State Mountain. Right? <laughs> That's like the whole time. It's the whole damn, it's basically saying, look, the names are the same, okay? 
locations are the same, but do you want to know what's different? The thought process. Because it's just saying everything that did not work has to be thought through. What did I do wrong? And you just said it's going to take their wits and their brawn. It's not going to take their brawn because their brawn was how they were beating his ass in the first place. And he was letting it happen. He realized, I can outwit your dumb asses. Now it's like, okay... Do all of you together have the ability as masters of the quote-unquote universe to put your minds together and come up with a plan as good or better than the one that I came up with, which was nearly killing the entire universe, mm. to beat me? And again, it's like, you gotta put you got to put some fucking thought into this because... I literally gambled on the universe being destroyed, but I knew that you guys were such goody two-shoes that you'd get together, everybody, you know, the little dude would sacrifice himself at some point, he'd find his courage, men-at-arms would be, you know, less of a freaking, uh, you know, palace flunky, and all these things would would finally come together for something great and amazing and, and, and wonderful, which was me getting the power of becoming Skelegot. Like, screw you guys. Yeah. I went home. I've been in the, I've been I've been listening to you the whole damn time. Yep. And I think that's the mastery of this and the story yeah. was he had to make Skeletor a real villain. He had to make him a real villain. We have years from watching the eighty movies and all yeah. the memes and jokes about Skeletor Skeletor, honestly, is no one's list of a scary villain. No. Even though this dude has a skeleton face, face has, like, the power to rival He-Man, right? Mm -hmm. And has, like, the ingenious schemes, none of us take Skeletor seriously. He's a joke. There so the only way to do that, which Kevin Smith, I think, did a great good job, was to make him real villainous and scary and base it off your expectations, right? Your expectations, He-Man's going to come in with some ass. You know, He-Man's going to come back and set the universe right. That's why Adam came back from the other place. But Adam comes back, Skeletor doesn't care. Skeletor wins. Skeletor is now a good guy, uh, uh, such a good villain, one that you're actually like, oh, how are they going to do it? It's going to take He-Man and the masters of the universe to beat, yeah, to beat him. And so, since we already know He-Man, I think it's great that we get to know the masters of the universe, get to see their growth, their potential, and Tila herself, in order to see why all these people are needed to defeat someone like Skeletor. And I think Kevin Smith is doing a good job of kind of rearranging all of that, right? Like, I gotta make Skeletor a good villain, like a, a berated villain. I gotta show why He-Man is not enough. And then I also have to trumpet all these masters of the universe at the same time, uh, make them better to show all that at once. And I think they did a good job. I think they did a fantastic job. I think that unfortunately what you have is a lot of people focusing on things that they don't need to focus on instead of actually focusing on the story itself and watching the story. And I think, um, you know, it, it just, it, it makes me laugh, really, when I see all this hatred and, and all these mixed emotions. Oh, people said, and I'm like, look, very simple. If you don't like it, don't watch it. But don't talk about how it's a terrible uh, series when you don't know what actually is the difference between a terrible series and a good series. If you don't know how to write a script, now, and, 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 and here's where I'm going to get it in a little bit of a high horse. If you don't know how to write a script and you've never done it, don't sit there and talk about, oh, this is absolutely terrible. No, it's not terrible. It's just something you don't like, to which you're entitled to. Everyone's entitled to not like something and have their mm -hmm. reasons for it. But don't broadcast it to the world that you think it's the most terrible thing ever made just because it doesn't fit your parameters. You know, maybe 1983 fits your parameters a lot better, which means it, it just means that you like older stuff. And it just means you like commercials. You know, <laughs> and you like and you like and you like uh, toys and 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 whatever. But like, th there was a reason for putting this together the way that it was put together, and I think that it, they did a hell of a job. And I think that they took something that's always had incredible potential and really kind of leveled it up to where it needs to be. Now, is this something that I would show a seven-year-old? 
No, not necessarily because this was not designed as a show for the little kids. And it's now, not you have for that the little familiarity kids. with He-Man. You like know? they designed it for people who know He-Man and exactly. watch He-Man. Yeah, so like you can't just jump into this. This is not like Exactly. A... It's not a kids show and not everything that's animated and 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 this is something where I I feel like we're both mm. in the same spot like not everything that's animated is for kids. <laughs> um, you know, like <laughs> if you see it and it's a cartoon, don't put the five-year-old in front of it. It's not always supposed to be that way. Okay, yeah. just and, and chill. I, I, and I do think if you grew up with He-Man or have watched He-Man or familiar with He-Man, this is great to come into. Absolutely. Kevin Smith made it for all the kids like Rick and myself who grew up with He-Man. That's who he's, that's who he's aiming this at. He's aiming it at all the kids who watched the original He-Man, right? Yeah. Uh, which is us. We're older now. So I think it, it works for older people. And if you're one of the people out there, you know someone out there who's mad because they focus on Tila and killed Adam because, you know, women, just let them know She-Ra was a thing back in the freaking, no, the fucking 80s. she was a thing Thank back you. in the fucking 80s. It's Woo! fucking okay to <laughs> have a woman character be the main person with all the fucking power. Get the fuck over yourself, okay? Tell them to shut the fuck up, enjoy things, or get the fuck out the way. Holy shit. I'm really mad at the people who are really mad. I'm mad. I'm, I'm actually angry at the fact, and I read this, I don't know where it was, it's like, um, clearly this He-Man has a very homoerotic undertone, and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Fuck up. Just wait a goddamn minute. First of all, if you saw He-Man in the 80s, he was wearing the same loincloth, and he still had the hangly bamblies, all right? Oh, yeah. Okay? And, like, the, it was 100% homoerotic in the 80s. 100% People were barely dressed back then. And the cartoons also insanely homoerotic in the 80s. Oh, yeah. All right? Oh, yeah. But, you he know, met love tugging dudes. Yeah. He loved just taking dudes and there, hugging them. There, there was something again. about just grabbing a tree and doing some weird shit with it that appealed to <laughs> He-Man. So if you're going <laughs> to fucking sit here and say, well, it was, it's insanely homoerotic, then you clearly are just a dumbass that has nothing better to do with your goddamn time. Okay? Yep. So just, you know, stop trying to make it a controversy. We're, we're it's 2021, okay? Yeah. Stop trying to make about. a controversy if there is a gay character. It's yeah. 2021. Stop trying to fucking make controversies where there should be none. People have a right to be who the hell they want to be. And we also have a right as writers to write characters that are whoever the hell they want to be. So therefore, yep. please get over yourself and just, you know, go sit and watch Gondor. Yeah. My one complaint about this show, honestly, is I thought they were building up for Tila to be the new He-Man, and when that didn't happen, I was actually disappointed when Adam came back. I was like, oh, I thought Adam was just going to stay dead and gone. And when but he wait came a second, back, I was like, wait a second. Even when, when you talk about He-Man in this show, how many fucking times do, do you really see He-Man doing heroic He-Man shit, which is hard to really kind of fathom what that is because the heroic He-Man shit was usually... I'm going to flip my, not flip my sword, but throw my sword from one hand to the other, one hand to the other, one hand to the other, one hand to the other. It's like, most of the time, you just see him talking to Tila about shit, but he doesn't really do stuff, so it's like, it, they really don't keep that focus there, which is great. I love the fact that they don't do that. The only thing, the only complaint really that I have about He-Man is, dear God, they drew him... Like, he put some steroid weight on, man, like, that dude, I mean, he looked like he was 325 pounds of just ungodly steroids and squats, and like, Hindi squats. Well, we didn't talk about episode four where they went to uh, 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 the attorney in Afterlife with yeah. all the other yeah. champions before He-Man, the other <laughs> where everybody All them people are steroid jack. All the people. Oh, my God. Like, you see them, and it's like, holy dear God, these guys... They, I mean, they weren't doing squats and weights. They were literally like they were eating the weights after having an Eternian uh, steroid cocktail or whatever, you know, Eternian Smurf berries or whatever, you know. See what I did there? Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they were too jacked, man. But uh, we should start closing out on closing thoughts for about sure. this, uh, just for time. Um, do you want to start, Rick? I, I, I will start by saying that I think it's a great show. You should watch it. You should enjoy it. Definitely don't watch it with the kids. Um, you know, I think it's an amazing uh, series, and I cannot wait, pretty much like Jonathan. I think 90% of what I'm saying now is echoing everything you've, you've said. Um, watch it. Check it out. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. I got the power. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 I can cinnamon Rick so much. I actually really think it's a good show. Uh, I, I do love it uh, as a continuing watch of the uh, continuing continuation of the 80s show. I know I can speak. I just have too much power flowing through me. Uh, it's hard. That's why he meant he meant strong. He meant punch. Uh, don't think brain. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's a great continuation Cyclone, of baby. the 80s uh, version. <laughs> I really can't wait to see part two. Honestly, um, all I wish for more, and I know it's just me, I wish they'd go back and do more of the of the Cartoon Network series that they did in the 2000s, because I love that series. Yeah. Um, I think if they, I love this, I, mean, I love this, but my only wish was that they keep continuing on that series, because I think that series has a much better fundamental base than the 80s did, because it was such a better 100%. storytelling series altogether. And they did so much with it that I wish they would release that on Netflix and do more of that one. I, I, uh, I want to is... know, know one thing, Jonathan. This is a question that I have for you. I want you to be honest with the people and tell them how much you love He-Man 90. Um, <laughs> as a person who remembers... Again, as a He-Man fan, I stood home and I could not wait for this show to be on. And I watched the heck out of it once and went, that was trash. Uh, I watched all the, what, four 65, episodes that aired? Well, it was 65 <laughs> total, and I think, I don't know, um, it was pretty bad, though. No, 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 that He-Man was, that He-Man was terrible. He went I, to space. I I, I, I thought he was terrible. I watched all of it, but it was he terrible. He had pigtails. It was terrible. You know he had pigtails as Prince Adam? It was it was all terrible. All that was terrible. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, He-Man properties are, I, I'd say, overall good. I think they have better hits than misses, unlike Star Wars. Ooh, talking straight on Star Wars. Uh, so She-Ra was good. Uh, uh, the 2000s He-Man was good. Uh, 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 the original 80s has, has fans. Uh, I, I still think it's trash now, but it's fans. That that '90s one in the movie are really the only two trash He-Man properties that are just straight trash. Because even the remake of She-Ra was good. So I'm gonna say that about no, only two. The remake of She-Ra was good. Come on, you gotta you gotta you gotta get love. I, I watched all Absolute of it. Absolute love. Now I, I I do have this whole how Catra technically was not redeemed at all, and Catra was wrong, and it's really weird how she ended up with her sister. That's for another podcast and a whole other thing. But. <laughs> It's a whole other thing. But so He-Man Proper is the only... Honestly, and I love the 80s movie. I saw it in theaters, and I still love the canon film. And I still love Dolph Lundgren. So I'm still going to say the only thing that was trash was the 90s He-Man. That one was trash. It was <laughs> bad. Really it, what was I'm bad. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, that was the only one. So, Rick, what's your favorite He-Man property before we go? <sighs> oh, shit. Definitely not He-Man 90. Um... You know, what we just talked about is really my favorite, um, just because it appeals to me as an adult, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but Which it's aimed for. Again, yeah. it's aimed for adults. Yeah, I, but, <laughs> you know, if, if I wasn't given that option, then I guess, I guess 80s He-Man, when I watched it as a kid, because again, 80s He-Man was all about the memories that you made watching 80s he-man and buying the toys and stuff like that which you and i can relate to it is it good yes. no absolutely not it, it is not good um but you know it was it was the memories that you built with it so yeah probably 80s he-man second to what we're watching now well all right well that is gonna be us from cinemagic podcast you heard it from us we love we love this take a watch once the second one comes out hear us do another one on this because i can't wait to see the second part see if it uh, pulls itself if we change our minds i doubt that it can do anything to really make us hate it but you never know uh <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do the second part when it comes out the, the, but, only, um, the only way it can be better is if they bring cyclone in to become the uh you know unequivocal master of the universe Woo! <laughs> yeah that's true 
So uh, everyone out there, be safe as all this uh, Delta right. variants and everything else is going out there. Uh, be safe for COVID. We got some more things on this podcast coming up for you. Uh, we're we're going to do some things in honor of all the dads out there. We didn't do this Father's Day, but next week we may do something for all the dads out there. Every uh, day is Father's Day. Yeah, every day is Father's Day. Uh, we're also going to follow up. Uh, we're keeping track of that blockbuster. You know, we told you early on we're going to do a further podcast. That's coming down the line, but we're going to do that one for you as well. And if there's any other topics or things that you'd like us to discuss, go ahead and hit us up on Instagram at Triskelion Productions. Tell Ali Hi why you're there as well. Uh, really, or you could message myself or Rick uh, if you see us on any of the social media platforms out there. Just say something that you like. Uh, for us to cover because we're happy to do that we listen to y'all uh we really hope you're enjoying these pictures and videos that we send you uh we got some commercials up uh that we're doing on instagram of no, course Rick, tell us those. where uh tell us where they can watch all of our stuff as well to me um do ya alchemy and canela.tv and uh, very soon boys school which was a very very um a very powerful documentary about the Dozier School for Boys in Mariana, Florida. Um, that's going to be up on TV very soon. So we are very excited. All right. And we're super excited. So watch Boys School, searching for Betty Paoli on all those platforms. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe for Cinemagic Podcast. It really does help us out. Really appreciate all of our fans out there and also our trolls as well. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.